you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast, and it's a co-recording with Bradley Morris from Magic Media on the Making Magic podcast. So Bradley is like a brother from another mother in the e-learning industry. I've always resonated with the work he's done over at Magic Media, and uh, we're just doing a catch-up that we're sharing with you. Uh, there's these two people that you're listening to or watching on video are some of the most passionate, curious, uh, I, I dare I say obsessed with uh, course creation, online learning, changing the world, uh, making the world a better place and having a lot of fun in the process. So uh, I'm happy to get into it with you today, Bradley. Welcome back on the show. And it's great to be on your show. Welcome to my show. <laughs> you know, we were just talking about catching up because it's been a couple of years and in the e-learning industry, so much has happened in the world. So much has happened. I mean, the whole planet has really changed. And so we thought instead of us just having a private conversation behind closed doors, that we would just have a spontaneous cast and talk about what's been going on with Lifter, what's been going on with Magic Media, the industry. And hopefully in the process, all of us will gleam a whole bunch of wisdom from the conversation. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, where do we want to start this start this launch? Where do we oh, want to go first? Man. Well, let's start with um, what's present and exciting for you right now. And then we can kind of work back from there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of like a broken record in the sense that um, I just love online learning. And, you know, my company's mission is my life's mission, which is to lift up others through education. And I feel like it just keeps getting more exciting how technology is available, cheaper than and easier to use. You know, people are getting more proficient with, you know, video cameras and the, the iPhone or whatever. It's all just getting easier, better, faster, cheaper. Um, and, and the ability to connect with anybody all over the world is, is just getting, getting easier. So what I'm most excited about these days is, is really just continuing on that mission of, you know, we're human beings. We like to use tools as human beings. Learning is what makes us human. And um, for the education entrepreneurs, the change agents, the leaders out there that have something to teach, you know, maybe they want to build a viable business and kind of get that life freedom, but also be completely themselves uh, and make an impact in the lives of others. I never get tired of that. So, uh, I mean, at a high level, that's what it is for me. I'm really excited about the direction of WordPress and, you know, new users coming online, tools are getting better. We've got massive like, um, user experience design upgrades coming that are just going to, in my opinion, shock the market. We just launched a literal LMS 6.0, which is, it was a huge, modernization of some of the underlying gamification technologies. So that's, that's what I'm pumped about. I, also as a podcaster, 
I just love continuing to run into awesome people and reconnect with old friends like yourself. What's up with you? What, what lights you up, Bradley? <laughs> well, I got lots of questions about the lifter side, but I guess we'll get yeah. into that. So um, just kind of like on the, the present focus right now, uh, Magic Media, we just launched a brand new branch of our company called Magic Kids in December. And so we have essentially launched a, a kids publishing and production company. So we're doing illustrated books. We're doing really high quality audio stories. So the audio stories, uh, essentially what we're trying to do is all the fun of story time without the screen time. So we produce the audios uh, to be more like movies for the ears. So we hire voice actors, we have a narrator, we have musicians scoring the music and the sound effects so that we really um, tap kids back into their imagination instead of having them being consumers by consuming a video they can be more in their imagination by listening to an audio while doing other things in the world. And what's that uh, called? What's that called? Cause I, I know my kids are really into that stuff. We, we, there's something called sparkle stories. I don't know if you've heard of it. My kids just went insane over this guy who, who membership site and he has these audio stories and an app and everything is awesome. But amazing. what's, what's yours called? Magic kids, M A J I A kids.com. And awesome. uh, so basically the business model for that is the stories are free on our website and all over the internet. And then uh, people can buy a subscription for $11 a month to the Magic Kids Club. And inside of that, we give away games, activities, coloring books, every, basically every story we launch comes with its own bundle of games and activities for families and homeschoolers and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, we sell illustrated books. So first time since 2005 that I'm selling real products. So it's been this massive learning curve. Our team's grown from three of us trying to figure out what to do to um, over 30 artists, designers, illustrators, um, authors, publishing managers, several producers. Like it's, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so very new thing. And then with Magic Media, um, we shifted our business model right around the time we talked last two and a half, probably about two and a half years ago. Um, and we shifted from doing client work to doing partnership projects. So um, instead of just selling our services, we find the right people that we want to work with and we partner together and we, we essentially, our team becomes their team and we do a three year business makeover. We help them redesign their business model, consolidate their life's work uh, relaunch under a, a new, a new entity essentially that is is the consolidation of everything that they've ever done under a more streamlined umbrella. And to me, like we've we've had the opportunity to work with some amazing teachers and creators, and uh, it's really helped us to leverage our services and what we're doing in the world. But it's also been just a, a simplified way for our business model of how we make money, of how we serve our clients and customers, and then. Uh, presently we're in the just beginning of five weeks of events that we're going to be offering at magic media under a new branch called the creators club. So a uh, club specifically designed for creators that want to take their work to the highest level of professionalism they can in the media they create and the way they're cultivating community and the services they're providing, the branding, all the things, helping them to just like up level it, because ultimately, if you want to be paid like a professional, your work needs to be professional. And so that's what we're bringing to the game there. So those are the main things. Those are like, <laughs> it's been, it's been crazy. 
I, I also have a lot of questions within all that. Or would you say like at a high level, the, um, like, is it kind of like the creator, like who's your perfect customer or partner that you work with? Is it, what are they like? I would say like purpose-driven creators. It's it's independent educators, it's leaders, it's influencers, but people that are using their life's work, their wisdom, or their influence for, for the betterment of all. So it's not just trying to make money. Like a lot of the media that we're producing or supporting the facilitation of is it's transformational media. So it's transformational audio, it's um, transformational courses. Like a lot of it is definitely focused on like, how do we help humans evolve to grow, to transform? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of coaches. I mean, the spectrum is so wide as I'm sure it is with Lifter LMS. I mean, how do you even say, well, these are the exact types of, of educators that we support inside the membership. Uh, for you though, like, do you have, you know, these are the three or five pillars of creators that we usually support, or is it just so diverse that you can't even really nail it down i did map it out once and there's like 13 different ones uh it, the kind of sub the the parent categories there it's more about like the use case of online learning so uh kind of like the expert market course creators coaches that type of thing then there's businesses that use internal training inside their company or to educate the public and then there's schools, either traditional or very non-traditional. There, there's kind of those buckets. And within those, there's a lot of different variations. And yeah. the um, uh, and like with WordPress, the openness of it and the, you know, the, just the ecosystem of tooling, people build all kinds of stuff. Like I've seen somebody, I've seen people build like a pay-per-view experience. Not even really what Lifter, it wasn't really meant to be like a sports pay-per-view platform, but I've seen people do that. <laughs> so, so it's just, it's neat, the creativity in people. Uh, and, and I, you know, one of the things un unleashing that creativity with you is really cool because there's such a friction point sometimes between, you know, the, the creator, the artist, the expert, and like the technologist and the marketer and the website builder and the, the, the technology manager it sounds like you found a way to kind of marry those two worlds together in a way that's less frictionful, I guess. I mean, I, I think for online learning to work, it has to be enjoyable for people. It has to be fun. They need to be able to show up and be like, this is a good time. Whereas yeah. <laughs> mostly it's not a good time. Like people, the reason people are distracted with social media is because you can scroll the wall, you get a little dopamine hit every like six seconds because there's going to be something there that feeds you in the way that you want, because that's the way the algorithms are programmed. So for online learning, we have to take into account that, you know, people communicate on social media. So there needs to be a social component to it. People like being entertained. So what is the entertainment factor? Is it really good slides? Is it B-roll in your videos? Is it having engaging music? Is it making the course audio only so people can be more engaged in their life while listening to the lessons. And then what is the accountability factor? How are you connecting people and keeping them accountable? Cause it's not like a university room where everybody's just chilling in a classroom and you, the professor will be like, yo, Chris, get to work, man. What are you doing <laughs> on your phone? It's totally different. So we have to understand that as we're engineering the student learning experience to be able to take all those factors into account and um, you know, from our experience, it's, 
you really have to break it down to be so simple. I think gone are the days where, uh, where a video lesson can be 45 minutes of just a rambling talking head that we really need to condense it so people can get what they need, have some form of real world action to apply it, and then move on to the next lesson. Otherwise they get swept away into life's unfolding drama on planet earth. <laughs> That's awesome. So for you, uh, Go ahead. as a technology company, um, you know, the last two years have probably been crazy is like everybody's trying to orient themselves to online learning and, and how do they do it? What changes have you noticed in, in Lifter LMS, like with the, the new features you guys have had to roll out as a result of responding to that, as well as just like trends that you're noticing and how creators are creating courses? Well, there's definitely been an influx in the past couple of years of people either kind of forced to change their model. There was a lot of like speaker types or people that ran events as a business that came to learning management systems specifically to us to like, okay, we got to react quick We're we have to do it this way now. Um, then that also I've seen a surge in people just wanting or needing to work from home and they're trying to figure out online business and they're going down the, the whole rabbit hole of, okay, how do I monetize? What do I know? What, what, what am I going to teach? All that stuff. I've also seen a lot more, um, you know, beginners to tech uh, coming into WordPress and also not sometimes not WordPress also into other SaaS solutions. But I think, COVID and the pandemic and everything, um, it just brought a lot of people in of, of various various skill levels, uh, but a lot of people trying to figure it out themselves as well. Um, yeah, other, other trends I'm seeing, uh, like putting the learner at the center and surrounding them with what they want, like not just courses, but coaching and online community, geez, has been huge. Yeah. I mean, I've been in some coaching programs that had community components and it's, it's been awesome, especially in the past couple of years. Um, so that just like figuring out how to be a full stack education entrepreneur, not that you have to do everything like courses, community coaching files, products in the mail recipes, template. I mean, there's all of these things that, like you said, if it matters, like what's the minimum amount, it's going to really help this person seeing people assemble like these learning stacks have been just a lot of fun. Like, like you said, kind of moving beyond just a long talking video, like a old school way, but just on a, on a screen, people are getting a lot more creative these days. Right. And as you said earlier, the tools allow for that creativity. Uh, yeah. What once took, you know, extremely expensive equipment you can now do with a phone. I mean, even when people are able to the editing software for just editing an Instagram video is like way ahead of where regular video editing software was 10 years ago. So it's just, it really is amazing. And I think for everybody out there that um, says I'm not an artist, which I've heard a lot from all the educators and, and coaches is like, well, I'm just, I'm not an artist. I'm not a creative type. And it's like, maybe you're not, but how many artists are there in your local community that would love the opportunity to work on a meaningful project and to collaborate in a meaningful way. I mean, I look at 
what we've done with Magic Kids, we've grown to 30-ish creators, mostly local to my little 10,000 person island. You know, so in somebody in a city, it's like there's so many artists that would work for commission to be invested in a project that is future income for them, or that would work for, you know, a decent wage. And working with the artists, I mean, that's been one of my skill sets is I'm, I'm kind of the spark. I have the ideas, I write the drafts and I write the scripts and all that sort of stuff. But surrounding myself with artists has allowed us to just like make out of this world creations in both the course industry and now with the audio stories that we're doing with the guided meditations when I built my meditation library years ago like it's honestly working with creative people bringing creative people into the team have allowed me who I would consider myself more to be like the educator the coach the visionary but not necessarily the artist as my you know, my go-to, I'm not the designer, I'm not the videographer, I'm not the editor, but I've surrounded myself with those people. And, and that's what's really like taken us to this level of professionalism that we've managed to achieve over the years. What did you, um, I get this question a lot and, and you're super experienced at this. When people are trying to work out collaborations, uh, like, okay, I'm going to do the tech and this is going to be my talent and might bring this person in to help with uh, some other aspect of the project. What advice do you have for people who are trying to structure deals like that, like partnerships? Like what have you found to be the secret to those high functioning relationships? So I'm actually, I'm going through it with multiple teams right now. So this is yeah. a, this is a very fresh topic for me. Um, so there's one group they're they're starting their own online school at the moment and it's a team of three they all have complementary but overlapping skill sets. And so we went through a two-hour process of mapping out. The first question we asked is, okay, what are all your superpowers? And so I got two of them to tell the other one what the superpowers were. So as they see the other person's superpowers, and then the one person would share what their own superpowers are. And I would just like list their top five that I saw that were influencing their role in the business. And so I did that with each of them. I was like, okay, it's very clear. It's like, so-and-so, John, you're the spark in this, you know, first drafts should all be on you. You're kind of the visionary. You're also a delegator. It's important that that role belongs to you so that you can carry that torch. And then over here, we've got Dan and Dan was, he's more of the designer and he's more of like helping to soften the language John was using to make it more relatable to people. So he's like the second draft guy and the design guy and a little bit of tech. And also the community manager. And then it was like, okay, Ian, for you, like you are the face of the brand. So you need to be the guy that's in all the videos and you're doing the communicating and the podcasts. And you're also more of like the newsletter and like the, the public facing communications guy. So anything to do with final draft of the website, anything to do with final draft of the newsletter, all goes through you. And so in two hours, we divided up the roles and they're just like, oh man, this is, this is amazing. So once the, the roles and responsibilities are divided up, it's clear to see who's carrying majority of the weight. Um, and we're doing this for the Creators Club. So the, the new membership that we're launching, I brought in three other coaches. So there's myself, there's three coaches. We all have complementary skill sets that we're bringing to the table. We're all doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. We're all doing group coaching. We all have um, a piece of like the monthly curriculum that we're bringing to the community. And so for that one, it was just clear, like, 
we're all doing our own thing that contributes to the whole. So we just divided the pie up by five. So four of us plus magic media, everybody gets 20% of what the pie brings in. And, and that's, that's where we landed with that one. Um, I would say for any collaboration, having a contract, a clear agreement of like roles, responsibilities, having an exit strategy. I mean, I've had multiple business partnerships over the years that have ended and we didn't have an exit strategy. And so after the relationships ended or the partnerships ended, we had to figure out the exit strategy. Fortunately, we were good friends even through the divorce. And so we were able to navigate the exit in a really harmonious way. But if it ends on bad terms, uh, that exit can be really gross. And so I would say like, once you figure out the roles, figure out who gets how much of the pie, write a simple contract so that you've got something to fall back on. If people aren't pulling their way, be like, well, you said this in the contract, that's your signature there. We need you to step it up or we have to figure something else out. So those would be like my first pieces of advice. And I would say, you know, for people that are trying to find that dream team of artists, you just want it to be people you've got creative synergy with people that understand your vision, that love your vision, that want to contribute to it. And that they can take what you're doing and make it so much more awesome. I mean, with Magic Kids, it's a big team of artists. And the only way it's going to work well is if I'm not micromanaging everything. I have to get out of the way and be like, this is kind of the vision. And I want the artists to do what artists do. And that's make art. And that was always the the magic when the great Blair Dini, when Blair and I were producing all of our courses in the past, was like, I would come with the scripts and the idea of the world. And then Blair would make the world. He would make it all come together. And it was just like beautiful. And so letting the artists do what artists do uh, with as, as little micromanaging as possible so that they don't feel suppressed in their, in their artistry and they can allow for that expression to come through. Dude, solid, solid, solid advice there. Uh, another nuance I just want to ask, because I know the creators and the experts out there, probably 95 out of 100 of them have thought about wanting to publish a book. <laughs> or I'm guilty of this too. I've got a book in me. I've had a book in me for a while, but I've never been able to get through it. Uh, what, what's some advice? I, I know you're doing children's books and stuff, but like yeah. self-publishing, do you get a publisher? Like, How did you break through the book barrier? Oh man, it's been, uh, it's been crazy because it started with, with one story. I was like, Oh, I wrote this story one night. I'm like, Oh, I want to get this published. And then I'm like, Oh, I need an agent. Oh, it's going to take like three years to get to a shelf somewhere. I'm like, now let's just research and let's do it. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I wrote another story. Oh, I wrote another story. I kept writing stories last year. And I've written like 10 stories in the last year that are all coming to market right now. And so then I was like, well, I want to publish my friends too. So how do we start a publishing house? (laughs) Before I knew, I was like, I hired a published manager. I raised a bunch of investment capital. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got a thing here. So with the publishing side of things, um, we were going to go to a middle middleman that provides the service of like, Hey, we'll format your book. We'll edit it for you. We'll help you build the cover. We'll do all the things. We were going to go that route. And then I hired my publishing manager. She, she used to do that for five years. She worked for a company that did that. She worked for freezing press or whatever. And, uh, and she's like, well, I think, you know, if we go that route, we're always at the mercy of their schedule. 
And most of those book managers have a hundred different books that they're working on at any given time. We're not a priority. She's like, I would suggest we hire our own design team. We hire our own, like our own editors and we just do this ourselves so that there's no middleman and we just go direct to source. And so um, we ended up doing that. We've built an amazing team and uh, we, so we're doing all of the publishing through a company called Ingram Spark. So if you order on Amazon, that's because it's, we uploaded our books to, to Ingram Spark. However, we wanted to have a custom shopping experience in our Magic Kids website, where it's like, you can listen to the stories while you're shopping. And, um, and then we also, um, after our first three months of book sales, we weren't super stoked on this company that we were, that we set our shopping cart up with. So we built our own custom shopping cart, shopping cart <laughs> using Shopify mixed with a bunch of custom coding. And we wow. found a partner out of Calgary, Alberta, that's doing all of our printing and distribution and our, our revenue can now like our, our profit margins have increased exponentially, like probably double from what we were going to be paying Ingram spark and Amazon, all that sort of stuff. So we've taken the best of both worlds. People order on our store, or if we're sending inventory to bookstores or wherever we're sending inventory, that all goes through this company Blitzprint at a Calgary. But for anybody that just like finds us on Amazon or they go to their local bookstore and because they heard about us and they order through the bookstore, all of that is because we set up our stuff on Ingram Spark because Ingram Spark basically sends it out to, to the world. So I would suggest anybody getting in the self-publishing world is like hire your own design designer, hire your own people. Um, because, you know, those, those companies that are going to charge you 10 or $15,000 to publish each book you want to do, you could spend less than half of that by hiring your own people. They're not going to help you with your marketing. You know, you have to be your own, your own marketing agency unless you hire a marketing agency. So uh, you really, you know, it's not going to save you that much. So that was our lessons. It's been it's been crazy. We just like our infrastructure settled now. We've built all of our systems. We'll have this year, I think we'll have at least 20 books and audio stories published, which is really exciting. On top of the last year, we launched our first seven books and stories. So Dude, it's been huge. It's been a ride. Any uh, just quick words of wisdom? Like you said, you wrote the stories, but you found an artist to illustrate and stuff like it's, that's always a friction point for people is, uh, you know, they may be an expert, but they really lack design skills and you can really, yeah. I mean, they made your stories come to life. The words are awesome, but the, I'm sure the illustrations like are illustrations awesome. Are epic. Yeah. And then the audio stories are epic, you know, yeah. like it all brings it to life. So, um, for us, the business model with magic kids is, um, I really wanted to create a vehicle for artists to be able to make art for kids. And so I, yeah. I coined the term fair trade publishing. So we pay 50% of book revenue into our artists. And so when an illustrator, an author joins our team and they, they publish a book with us, um, we're paying about three times more than traditional publishing for book sales. And traditional is like six to 12% that you get with us. We're paying 25% to the illustrator, 25% to the authors. 
Disrupt. Um, I love it, man. This is like I love borrow an idea, man. Borrow fair trade coffee and apply it to the publishing industry. Do this. Awesome. <laughs> and, and the other piece with the publishing industry is, you know, most publishing companies don't don't market the books for you. It's kind of like, well, you know, can you market the book? You need to market the book. Cause yeah. we will get you, you know, into the bookstores, but if the books don't sell, you don't make any money. So you got to, you know, do your own tours and stuff like that. And that's kind of how it is these days, unless you're like way at the top. Um, and so for us with magic kids, we are, I've got a whole marketing team that every story we're doing, we're, we're marketing this year is all about, that's our mountain is like, how do we get to a million listeners listening to our audio stories? And we've got 10 different pathways of, marketing strategy that we're rolling out to see what is what's the best pathway for for marketing our stories and building our audience Killer, it's, it's a different game man like i've never yeah. as as i'm sure you remember like with magic media we were kind of like i dropped social media five years ago like i haven't really marketed ourselves hard because our business model was boutique we're business partners with you know, eight different partners and, and that is all revenue share and, and results based. And then our membership, I've never really hustled hard, but now with magic kids, it's like, it's the model that I've created for it. And, and that it has to be is like, it's based on large numbers. So it's the first time in years that I'm like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta market this like, like a real company. <laughs> so it's different. I got to ask too, uh, I saw you were making some content with, um, is it Tad Hargraves? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we built Tad a membership site and then, uh, and helped him do his launch and all that sort of stuff. So for those of you that are watching or listening, I always, I came across him a long time ago. I've never met him. I, I don't know him, but the, the, the tagline or whatever is marketing for hippies. Yeah. And I was like, I love that because it's, it's a, uh, it's just a different spin on marketing. So if you could boil him down to an essence, you know, he's, it's all about ethical marketing and stuff. Like what makes his magic happen? Well, one, you know, he really, uh, his audience is like open-hearted entrepreneurs that feel sleazy or gross, or they have a hard time promoting themselves. And so, yeah. Uh, his approach is uh, talking more about like he talks about like Island A and Island B and then like the journey from taking your people from Island A to Island B, the vehicle that gets them there and describing the vehicle and describing what is at Island B to inspire people to come on this journey with you. And his approach is just it's simple and it's lovely and it works he helps people get results without feeling like a d-bag and uh, it's just he's he's been doing it for 15 years you know he's worked with thousands of entrepreneurs his whole business model before uh the pandemic was he just toured and he taught workshops to to groups and so him pivoting to the to having a membership where it's all of his courses all of his ebooks he does multiple coaching sessions every week it's it's really worked well for him that's awesome man that's awesome i think i did run into that guy like a long time ago it was like i saw him on the internet like 14 years ago or something and then i saw you guys connected i was like oh that's cool that's cool yeah him and i've been friends for quite a few years I, he used to host me when i would go to edmonton to do workshop tours nice so 
with uh with lifter what are some of the the newest features that you guys are really stoked about with the 6.0 version a lot of it has to do with um just gamification wordpress has changed a bunch with the block editor uh it's like a um it's more of a modular building block system as opposed to like an email editor to create websites so it's gotten a lot more powerful and uh people wanted a lot more control over certificates as one thing to be able to you know use those and and print those and and really gamify and same with the whole achievement badge system so that's that's what the recent 6.0 was all about just modernizing that tech um for that end so that's that's pretty much what's what's going on there. And, and we've got some stuff with payments coming up, uh, wrangling the beast of PayPal, which is, uh, not an easy beast, but, uh, uh, so that's happening. Um, and then all the user experience design stuff is super exciting. That's, that's, that's what's coming. And, uh, you know, I think there's so many great SASs out there. I know you're, you do some work with mighty networks and uh, I'm sure other tools, um, a lot of those hosted platforms for communities like circle.so is another one yeah. I see people using in Levin. Um, Podia, Kajabi, all these, all these are out there. So we basically challenged um, our design house to, to like, let's go big. Like let's, these, a lot of these hosted platforms are gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. How do we do that in WordPress without, and still give people the customizability that they expect yeah. so we're we're nearing the end of that design process and and my mind's blown i'm like oh my gosh this is gonna be good it's gonna take a little bit to build but uh it's uh i'm really excited about that oh i can't wait to see it yeah i mean you guys have already had you've been one of the top platforms that we promoted for years now it's always been a beautiful product you guys have already always really cared about the the student learning experience and how do you you know keep people moving along the journey and so um, adding the the design features is I, that's going to be amazing. Dude, I'm I'm, I'm stoked. L- let's um let's go into the community piece a bit. Um, what what do you uh, I guess what do you see working like if somebody's got a course or coaching program, I what do you see working for people building communities? Cause I think, uh, and the reason I ask is a lot of people tend to underestimate. Um, I call it conversation design, but also community design. Yeah. Like it's, you get really into the content. I got to make these lessons and I got to make these videos and maybe some worksheets, but you can actually design conversation and community experiences, but yeah. you have to think it through. You don't just like pop up a Facebook group and I'm like, I'm good. Like there's, there's, there's gotta be some thought and maybe you do in-person events or virtual events or whatever. I'm just curious what you're seeing. I'm infinitely fascinated by community building at small and large scales. So what's, what are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. It's, it's different for every community we've launched in the last few years. I think we've done about a dozen communities and mighty networks and everyone is a different strategy. I was just talking to somebody earlier today. It's like, onboarding has to be like you have to really execute well on your onboarding experience from the point somebody goes from i just paid to getting them to 
engage in the community to take their first lessons to help them get results to get them like essentially hooked on the drugs important the community you know you gotta design so, that like, flow you gotta design yeah. that flow it's not gonna it's you gotta help them i mean you gotta have a plan <laughs> yeah and then i think the other piece i mean back when i started um in 2012 with building my first meditations uh programs it was all about like passive income. I'm going to build it once. It's going to be used thousands of times and I will get paid every time it's used. And for anybody that's building like a, an education business, I, I think those days for the most part are gone. And it, unless it's about licensing, which I'll get to in a moment, but if you're building your own like ecosystem, that's courses and community and all that sort of stuff, like I think the accountability and the connection piece is really important. People need to feel like they belong to something. They belong to a club. They belong to a culture of shared values and shared beliefs or shared vision for where everybody is going together. And I think the other piece is like, it's facilitated in a way that, that people are being pulled along on a journey, like the handholding of like, we're going up that mountain. I'm going to hold your hand until we get to the top. And so there needs to be uh, a level of accountability and checking in. So that's why we've shifted our business model with the, you know, our old membership, which was $99 a month. You got our course library and all that sort of stuff. And then we did two magic minds a month. And now with the creators club, instead of a monthly model, it's $5,000 a year. But what you get is you get one-on-one -on -one coaching. We do like regular magic minds. We have work party sessions where you're doing two hours of deep focused creative work and community. We do skill building challenges every single month. You have your own um, community accountability person that's going to be checking in with you to make sure that what are your goals for the next two weeks? Did you do the goals? What do you need to achieve those goals so that we can surround each individual with more support and more accountability? And all of those things, I mean, it really is about thinking in terms of how do we facilitate, and this has been things, something we've been harping on for years is like, how do we create the ultimate learning experience for this group of students, for this topic and this experience? And it's different across all the boards, but it needs to be thought out. And I'm, I'm more of like the school of thought these days is, the more focused attention with less students is better. And I think it goes the same in the public school system is like a classroom of 10 kids with one or two adults doing the teaching and the facilitating is probably way more potent than a classroom of 35 kids with one teacher. Uh, because the more focused attention we can give people, the better the results are going to get. And if we have to increase prices to increase focus on the students results, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile trade. I asked somebody uh, I respected a while ago uh, the question, like, why does some courses cost like $10, 20 bucks? And then there's like, you know, $20,000, $30,000 coaching program. And with essentially sometimes similar content. And he gave a one word answer, which was fidelity, which just means access to, you know, support, basically. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can go to masterclass and learn how to tell jokes from Steve Martin for 10 bucks, but Steve's not going to help you with your jokes directly, Yeah. but you could go to, I mean, if there was like a, you know, a, an unknown nightclub comedian guy who has a course, I'm sure there's one out there that actually does coaching. That'd be worth a lot more potentially. So, so 
<laughs> kind of like if you're what's better like taking a course from somebody that's put in their 10,000 hours or getting direct mentorship from somebody who's put in their 10,000 hours if you get 30 or 60 minutes of that mentor's time I mean that that can take a hundred hours of trial and error off of your your time and how much is that worth really yeah and the community piece you get into that and you realize oh I'm not this like crazy dude, whatever. There's all these other crazy people just like me. This is awesome. Like the- That's right. <laughs> and that's part of the culture creation. It's like, what is the culture you want to be building around the community? Like the, the shared values and the shared beliefs, the shared vision of like, we're all, we're all going to that mountaintop together and nobody get, gets left behind. That's awesome. Well, Bradley, it's really awesome to catch up. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, is, is there anything you want to add on to that, that how you've seen people using the, the lifter community feature? A lot of it has to do with breaking outside of the website. Like I saw somebody once just put on a calendar plugin on the website and uh, started having these virtual events and their community, you know, they're in the membership site and there's all the great courses and templates and all these things. But she, she was bringing in guest webinars and they would have these events on the calendar and somebody canceled once and um, instead she just ran the, like a, um, I think she called it like a co-working session or something like that where people are just hanging out, working, it's pretty informal. And, and her community kind of, uh, I wouldn't say like revolted, but they were like less guest experts and do more of that. And, uh, I was like, and it it became, and I've seen other people start modeling that. And, uh, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I mean, you know, the phrase like holding space, Yeah, it's that, that thing of holding space while it's somewhat, it's not like you're like actually creating something. It's more of a feminine energy of holding space is like super important. And just as much as like the content, it's like creating that container whether that's in the website or in a zoom call or, uh, wherever that's, that's the thing, man. Yeah. I totally agree. People need to feel like a safe and held container for them to go through their transformation. Cause anybody signing up for a course, they're looking for transformation, look to, to become a different version of themselves. And that requires a, you know, a change in habit, a change in thought, belief, a change in, you know, what you know for your knowledge. Like it's just, that requires uh, patience, mentorship. It requires inspiration, some handholding, some accountability. We have to keep people engaged so that they keep taking the steps forward. And so, you know, the question that I'll leave people is how can you do a better job at keeping people engaged through all the steps? And how can you know in foresight that they're going to have resistance. They're going to have distractions in their life. And how do you battle those so that you can get to them and help keep them moving forward? I love that. Well, on that note, on that note, um, I think we'll wrap up this joint podcast episode. Um, I'm Chris from lifter LMS. You can find me at lifterlms.com. I've got a podcast called LMS cast. And how about you do your, Outro Bradley, where can the people find Bradley, you, my good man? <laughs> Bradley Morris from Magic Media, M-A-J-I-K media.com. Uh, the Making Magic podcast, you can find us on all the spots. And uh, if 
you're getting this in March or April, check out the five events we're doing for the launch of our creators club, five free events. It's going to be really fun. Lots of good stuff coming out. Awesome. Bradley. We'll have to do this again sometime. This was great. Nice catch up. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.